hello welcome to the talks night podcast and today we've got andrew cushing how are you man i'm fine how are you yeah brilliant brilliant so obviously it's been a been a crazy year but what's 2020 been like for you personally um do you know it started off absolutely brilliant we've done it um done like a couple of gigs at the start of the year and then the song came out in March we've done a headline gig at the Clooney um, sold like 350 tickets in six days without any music out so it was a brilliant start of the year I then went on a little bit of a tour I went and done a couple of gigs in Scotland Liverpool and stuff and then within the space of two weeks the whole world went to shit you know what I mean so I've lost um, I've lost oh, sorry that's been postponed 35 festivals so that's yeah. been an absolute nightmare so I was meant to be playing Leeds and Redden Festival uh, Isle of Wight Victoria's Festival, Boardmasters Festival. I was all over the country, mate. It was going to be a hectic summer, so we've lost that. Um, and I mean, it's just I'm it's, I'm in the same boat as everyone else. Do you know what I mean? It's like um, it's pointless dwelling on it. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 the same for the next artist sort of thing. So I mean, it's um, it's uh, definitely not the 2020 that I was expecting. But that being said, if we hadn't have had COVID sprung upon me, then I mightn't have done the song with Noel and um, I probably wouldn't have written some of the songs that I have written not necessarily that they're written about COVID or anything but just because I've had more time in the house to write I've came up with new material and stuff and I'd like to think that I've became better as an artist and as a and as a guitarist so there's pros and cons for everything man but I think in particular anybody that's in the entertainment industry is just wanting this to kind of get back to normal sooner rather than later now do you know what I mean yeah definitely well what do you make of lockdown two coming into effect on Thursday I mean personally I think it's a lot of bollocks I, I mean it it may, should have yeah, done it, weeks ago or just not done it, it all. exactly man exactly it's an absolute fucking farce if I'm being honest I think um I was one of them that like when we went into lockdown I wasn't that bothered necessarily because I was kind of like everybody else for the first six weeks of lockdown. It's like, I think everyone was drinking at like 10 o'clock in the morning and stuff on it. It was fucking class. It was just like being on the holiday. So I didn't really mind it then. And then the cases were dropping and stuff and there was less people dying. And I thought, you know what? This is actually quite a positive thing. I think we came out with lockdown too soon, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, I definitely think we'll let... Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously not a student anyway, but I think we'll let things like students and that back a little bit too soon. Do you know what I mean? Opening up the big city universities, the kind of your Manchester's, your Newcastle's. Um, so I, th- I think that was opened far too soon. I think that's definitely a contributing factor to to we're going into lockdown number two. That, that's not necessarily blaming anybody, but I just think, listen, I'm a, I'm a 20-year-old lad, you know what I mean? And if, and if I was a student and my university just opened again, and I was able to go back to living with five or six of my mates in a fucking student accommodation. You know, I'm not going to fucking sit in the house, do you know what I mean? Because Boris Johnson told us to. So, I mean, fucking hell, you you, you cannot stop people 17, 18, 19, 20 years of age from living their lives. So I don't really think anybody's to blame. I just think things were, were allowed to resume too soon, do you know what I mean? But yeah, I, yeah. I can't see lockdown still helping at all because, it, I mean, it's only going to be a four-week thing, so we might stagger the cases to an extent but as soon as as soon as lockdown two ends the same thing's going to happen do you know what i mean everybody's going to go back out again and i'm not saying that's a bad thing because i'll be one of the fucking lunatics going out but i think people should just be left to live their own lives do you know what i mean i think we're seeing in countries like sweden and stuff man that fucking the the whole herd immunity thing could have worked do you know what i mean if it was just given a chance i think um i think we've went into lockdown needlessly this time I think we came out of it too soon the last time. So fucking, I think they want to pull their finger out, man. 
I think I want to pull that finger out because it's just turned into an absolute fucking farce. But like, I was reading something on Facebook that day and it's like, and somebody said, well, what, well, what could they do if everybody just revolted against it? Do you know what I mean? Everybody just thought, ah, fuck that. I'm, I'm, I'm. So, so I'm kind of on that side now. I'm like the fucking revolution kind of. <laughs> I'm like, fucking yeah, let's just fuck the lockdown. They'll, 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 they'll not catch what all. <laughs> but um, nah, it's a fucking shambles, mate. It's a shambles, if I'm being honest. But I don't think anybody's to blame other than the fucking government. Um, I see a lot of people blaming fucking lads and lasses my age. I presume that you're a fucking similar age in your 20s, I'm guessing. Um, so, I mean, I, I, the, the fact that young people are getting blamed a lot is a fucking farce as well because you only get to live your life once, you know what I mean? You're not going to sit in the house at 18, 19, 20 years of age. I'm certainly fucking not, no matter who tells us. I mean, like you said, the students getting the blame for going back to it. They were allowed. And you're opening up bars. What are students going to do when they go back? They're going to go out and get pissed. It's like our university is staying open during the lockdown. And so it's like, well, you know, at some point you just got to take responsibility. Responsibility should be on the government to just be like, well, maybe we should shut universities if we're shutting, you know, all the stores and bars and stuff, which don't even have a massive impact. I don't know if you've been following um, Sasha Ward and Andy Burnham's campaign in Manchester, but they're adamant that hospitality had no impact or like 3% on cases. Well, uh... Exactly, man. Exactly. I mean, if 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 you're going to a bar now, or at least on Thursday, and you're going to a restaurant and stuff, there's measures in place. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's all. I mean, I f- I feel fucking safe as can be when I go to a restaurant or something, and it's like right table service. You've got to fucking wash your hands, all that kind of stuff. When I go into a, um, I've 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 been into town and stuff since the lockdown was lifted. I mean, there's no fucking social distance measures there. Do you know what I mean? That that, that that's where the cases are going up, and you and, and you're only going to get more of that if you if you're advising that young people are allowed to go out. Which I mean, they have. I mean, if you're going to keep universities open, especially in the big cities, no, I'm not going to fucking if 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 I was a student in the middle of Liverpool or Manchester, I'm not going to want to sit in my room on a fucking Friday night. Do you know what I mean? With five of me pals, you're going to be wanting to get out, aren't you? So exactly. The fucking government's got their self to blame for this, man. Well, enough with doom and gloom. Let's talk about something positive that's come out of 2020, and that's you working with Noel Gallagher. What was that like? That was fucking amazing, mate. I still I still haven't got the vocabulary. I mean, I'm a Geordie anyway, and I'm from a council state background, so the vocabulary that I've got isn't fucking that exciting anyway. But I definitely haven't got the words to, um, to express how working with Noel was. It was just... The professionalism of that man was just fucking amazing, man. And I was, I was really apprehensive when I first went in because I knew that I wasn't a great performer, I wasn't a great guitarist or anything like that. And I was kind of thinking, am I a little bit of a chance by doing this? Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm seeing like getting sort of 25 hours with Noel in a in a studio talking about guitars and fucking, you know, stories from the 90s and different band members and all that kind of stuff. It was impossible and not take any kind of. Um, experience or tools from it that I can use um, sort of in the rest of my career. Do you know what I mean? It was definitely a, a great learning process for me in the five days that I was there. But in terms of working with a man, he was fucking, I mean, he was 100%. He was, the, he was the most professional bloke that I've ever worked with in and out of music. Do you know what I mean? He was, um, fuck, he was a top bloke, man. He was a really, really top bloke. How did it um, all come about? Um, so, I, I mean, the deal thing, we got the deal through Noel. So last year, I'd done a, it was only my second ever gig. I've only played about 45 gigs now, but it was my second ever gig. And a lad who's managing us now, Lee, um, 
he he came to the gig and he took a recording of my second release, which was waiting for rain, and um and he sent it to Noel. And I mean, when you get that phone call, you've just signed with the manager, and then he rings you and he goes, um, so I was a little bit pissed last night. He was pissed, by the way. He was I was a little bit pissed last night, and I thought, well, I've still got Noel Gallagher's number from years ago. Um, and he went, so I've sent you song to Noel. <laughs> Hang on. Thinking fucking Noel Edmonds. And he was going, oh, no, no, fucking, I've sent it to Noel Gallagher. And I was going, of course you have. And then when he got back in touch with us, I nearly fucking fell off my chair, mate. It was like, I mean, he didn't contact me directly. Do you know what I mean? I'd love to tell you that I got a walk in at three o'clock in the morning by a half-pissed Noel Gallagher shouting fucking, <laughs> waiting for the rain, brilliant or something. I don't know what I mean. It was nothing like that. It was just, we got an email back a couple of days later just saying, um, you know what, that, that 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 song's actually quite good. Has he got anything else? And then that's where the relationship built. And then after we sent him a couple of demos, he put me in contact with a lad called Ted Cockle, who was the head of uh, Virgin EMI at the time. Went down and met him. Um, we got offered a deal a couple of weeks later. Um, and then as this lockdown was beginning to loom and the cases were beginning to go up, all the gigs and stuff were getting cancelled, um, I had a song, Where's My Family Gone? And we text Noel um, asking if he knew any producers. Do you know what I mean? Because I'd worked with a, a producer called Sean Ganocchi who'd done the first two re- uh, sort of records. And I mean, they were great. Do you know what I mean? They're very acoustic tracks. It's very voice-driven, them songs. But um, I wanted a bit more of a band production for this. Do you know what I mean? I wanted, because it was going to be the first release under the label, I wanted a big fucking song, man. So we text Nolan, we asked him if he, um, if he had any ideas of sort of producers that we could work with. And fucking to everybody's amazement, he replied back, I'll produce it. Do you know what I mean? So we got him... Um, and we've got a couple of the high flying birds in it as well. It was his studio band, so it was like uh, Mike Rowe was on the keys, uh, Jeremy and Paul Stacey were there, assistant engineer, and uh, sort of drumming on the track as well. Noel played bass. It was just, it was amazing to think that this time last year, were, I mean, this time last year I had the deal, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I'd never met Noel, I'd never spoken to him on the phone, it was just a couple of emails. Yeah. Within 12 months, Fucking, we've had a WhatsApp group chat with fucking, he's wound us up about Newcastle. We've made a song, do you know what I mean? So I'd like to think that the relationship's definitely built. He's somebody that um, that I look up to for the rest of my life, do you know what I mean? I was very fortunate um, when I was in the studio. I got, I mean, we weren't there for hours and hours and hours, obviously, through the days, but it was very work-driven, do you know what I mean? You're talking about the song that you were doing and stuff like that. I was fortunate on one of the days I got a couple of hours, just me and him. And I was able to sit down with him and just say, listen, Noel, um, without licking your arse, um, I, I, I need to thank you for, for, for effectively changing my life. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, fucking, I was close to tears, man, when I said that, because it's like thinking back 18 months ago or two years ago or whatever, to where I was to where I am now, it's down to that man, man. I fucking I owe him everything. I owe him everything. Um, I mean, I'd never tell him that in person. But <laughs> I, I, I do owe him everything. Yeah, yeah. Top man. Obviously, like Noel gets a lot of stick on social media and stuff, like because like, obviously everyone's on Liam's ass because he's the one with a big Twitter account. But it's quite refreshing to hear someone with something really positive to say about Noel. Is well, yeah, man, yeah, that's it. And I mean, I was always, I was always team Noel anyway because I'm more. And I mean, if anybody listens to my songs that I listen to this, you know, you'll know that. I won't write about bollocks, do you know what I mean? I'll write about things that have affected me. Every line in one of my songs has got a meaning either to me or to somebody I know, do you know what I mean? So I've always sympathised with uh, sort of lyricists. So I'm like a massive Weller fan, huge Noel fan, do you know what I mean? So um, so I was always team Noel anyway, because I thought for somebody to write the words 
then that, that that's sort of going to resonate with people. Then that's that that's what I take from music. Um, since doing the track, any fucking appreciation of Liam's music that I had prior is fucking gone. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Seeing how Noel performs in the studio and hearing some of the songs that he's written and hasn't released, fucking hell, man, they just blow me mind. So, um, yeah, I'm 100% team Noel, but he does get a lot of stick. He does get a lot of stick. And, um, and I think some people don't, I think some people that give him stick are just the ones that jump on the bandwagon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Liam yeah. will make a fucking Ellen DeGeneres joke or something like that. And everybody will think that's fucking brilliant because it's it's LG fucking Slate and all and that's fucking class and all the rest of it. But deep down, if you Google into what Noel's done over the past few years, man, he's done some fucking great things for people. He's done some really, really fucking good things for people. He's a nice bloke, man. I tell you what, he's fucking, obviously he's changed my life, but I mean, if you if if you divulge into some of the things that he's done for just strangers, you know what I mean. Like I I, I read a story the other day about um, that lass who worked in the Levi's shop. Do you know what I mean? And she couldn't make a, um It was like she, she she hadn't made a monthly quote, and I don't know if she was going to get sacked or something yeah, because yeah. of it. In no one in the shop and bought like fucking a grand's worth of fucking jeans just off her so that she'd make a quote. Do you know what I mean? Like things like that, like small fucking things, man. Like that. I mean, doing that is a great story, but that kept that lass a job which might have fucking fed our kids which might have fucking kept the house full do you know what I mean people don't say that man he's a fucking good bloke he's a really good bloke and I mean as I say I'll be forever grateful to him but outside of music I think he's a top bloke as well well I mean I've, I've got a lot of time for no obviously being called talk tonight we've obviously been influenced by no songwriting I think he's yeah. one of the best songwriters out there today um, and obviously, I could hear the Noel Gallagher influence in uh, your recent song. So I was just wondering what are your other influences, like you said, uh, Weller. Obviously, like for me, Style Council, uh, yeah, brilliant. So I just like to, what were your influences behind Where's My Family Gone? Um, behind Where's My Family Gone, it was more. Um, I was in a really dark, dark time in my life at that point. I was. Uh, divulging it with too much. I had no family around us, do you know what I mean? I was very, very fortunate that me um that my girlfriend's mum and dad had taken us in um to live with them for quite a while because I'd burned bridges with my mum. I wasn't with my dad and stuff. Um I had no family around so So the inspiration behind that song was just fucking me feeling like shit. But in terms of in terms of the artists that I look up to, um always been a massive Wella fan, massive Noel fan. But then I love things like I love Donovan, do you know what I mean? I love Bob Dylan, I love Neil Young, massive Neil Young fan. Um, I was a huge fan of Jake Bug until I started going in um, some of the, the 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 songs on his album, and I realised that a lot of them are co-written. Do you know what I mean? Anybody that co-writes songs, I it sort of it kind of washes away with me. Do you know what I mean? Because then it's not really authentic to you. So I've started to come away from Jake Bug. I'm still a big fan of the songs he's written himself. Um, other artists, man, fucking, I'm a massive fan of the Beatles and stuff. Love the Who, love the Jam. I definitely say with that song though, I think um the old version of it there's a version of it on YouTube that's very acoustic. I'd say that sounds very no. Uh, there's a lot of people that attend oh, sorry again there. Can you hear us now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Somebody said that it sounded like uh, falling down yeah, in yeah. Air River Man and stuff. So so I definitely take a lot of inspiration from Nolan stuff. Um, but with that song, it was more just how I was feeling at the time, to be honest. I just I was fortunate enough that I could put chords to how I was feeling, and that's where the song came from. But it was a tough time, man, around around that eight month when I wrote that song. It was a fucking... Yeah, I was going through a really dark fucking time. But out of a dark 
time fucking comes a great song, doesn't it? So if it makes me millions, mate, then I couldn't give a fuck. I mean, like you said, you said like no change your life or whatever. But how's the uh, reaction to a song been? I mean, the reaction to the song's been brilliant. Do you know what I mean? I've I've experienced a lot since that songs came out. Um, obviously the Oasis Mania fan page, fucking huge big Oasis fan page. That's posted it, so that got us an awful lot of followers. All the Oasis pages, sort of like yourselves and stuff, they're, they're they're doing wonders for the track. It's really boosted the first two singles as well. They're closing in on a hundred thousand streams on Spotify, so that's brilliant. Um, I've experienced my first fucking couple of trolls, which I fucking love because like. I'm I'm one of them people. I don't walk around with my heart on my sleeve and stuff. Do you know what I mean? If you want to try and offend us, then you'll just get as good as you've given, really. Um, so I'm 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 really enjoying reading some of their comments. Um, and then we've had fucking loads of support, man. We've had a lot of support, and obviously we've got the soccer EM thing through it as well, so that really helped. But the um the reaction to the song's been great. It's been a bit unfortunate of the radio play. Do you know what I mean? We haven't had as much radio play as what we're hoping, but um, we have been told that that's going to peak around December. So hopefully we can get on a couple more radio stations by December and try and push the song out with a few more people. Because even if it wasn't my song and it was somebody else singing on it, do you know what I mean? I'd still think it was a great track just because of how how big that chorus is. Do you know what I mean? It sounds quite quite, quite like an anthem, to be honest now. Um but no, it's been a good reaction to the song, man. It's been a fuck yeah, yeah. It's been a it's been a good reaction. But I'm definitely enjoying um trolling the trolls. I'm enjoying <laughs> that. That's fucking fun, man. That's great fun. Nice. <laughs> with uh, this big song, have you got like what's your future plans? Have you got an album coming, an EP? What's your plans for 2021? Um, I mean 2021 we'll be doing we'll be doing all the festivals that was postponed last year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um so like the Leeds and Redden Festival, Isle of Wight and stuff. So I can't wait to play them. I've got a band now. Still under Andrew Cushion, like still all about me. But um, <laughs> yeah, I've got, got 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 like a fucking band now. So it'd be great to get back on the road with them. Um in terms of music, we've got we've got an unreleased track. It's like a bonus to it's gonna get better. Um so we're gonna be releasing that when it's gonna get better. It's a hundred thousand Spotify streams. That hasn't been announced yet, but you've got a you've got a uh, I mean what do you call it? It's just being <laughs> when it's like you're the first one to hear it anyway an exclusive an exclusive yes so you've got an exclusive of that um <laughs> we've got we've got a couple of big tunes to get back to the studio and get done i think an ep is really realistic for next year in terms of an album um oh man sorry again gone quiet no worries no worries no worries, no worries. can you hear us now yeah yeah it's all right um i mean in terms of an album I've only got 9,000 followers on Instagram. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not going to try and flog an album when there's nobody listening to us. Um, I'm definitely one of them artists that every single one of my songs I don't want to waste. Do you know what I mean? I want them to be done to their best of their ability. So I'm not going to put an album out um, and then, you know, I've, I've got to put out five, six albums before anybody knows who I am. Do you know what I mean? I'd rather go down the Sam Fender route I mean, that's a fucking big ask, do you know what I mean, for anybody. But that's definitely something that I'd aspire to do. I mean, I think we've seen it with Lewis Capaldi, do you know what I mean? He was releasing songs for four or five, yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember one of his songs came out when I was in year 10. That was bloody five years ago, do you know what I mean? And by the time his album was going to come out, it was he was such, it was so anticipated, do you know what I mean? That album was destined to go to number one. It was always going to go to number one. Uh, I'm just sure if you can hear the yappy dogs. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, man, it was it was always destined to go to number one that album because because he had the following behind him at that time already. Do you know what I mean? 
So I definitely aspire to do that. So I think next year is going to be the year of building that fan base, possibly get an EP out, definitely get some more music. And then maybe it's 2022, 23, if the following's there, let's fucking get an album done. Do you know what I mean? But I'm definitely not going to waste any of my songs on trying to build a fan, fan base. So I mean, I'd rather just gig to get that. Yeah. But we'll see, man, we'll see. Some people take the opposite route and some people think um, like releasing music, like just constantly releasing is the way to gain fans. And then other people, like one of my friends who's in a band has exactly the same thought, like what's the point in releasing an album if no one's going to listen? So Exactly, exactly. There are several routes I takes, but um, I suppose that leads me on to like the next question. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Do you see yourself performing in stadiums, headlining festivals? What's the aim? I think I'm going to have an awful lot of guitars. I'm going on a bit of a guitar addiction at the minute. I'm going to have a fucking awful lot of pairs of trainers. I'm, fucking, I'm going ridiculous with the trainers at the minute. In terms of music, fucking, who knows, mate? Who knows? I think, I think life in particular in the music industry, life in the music industry is so... Nothing's nailed on, do you know what I mean? Nothing's a fucking given. So, who knows? I might, I, I might release my first album in three years, uh, and then that be it. Do you know what I mean? I'm just uh, sort of going down the large route, and that's it. Just release the one album. I hope to be making music for the rest of my life, and if I can do that within ten years, I'd like to think that I'd have two, if not, if not maybe three albums out. Um. But I mean, we'll just have to see, man. We'll just have to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, 10, 10, 10 years is a long time, man. So I'd like to think that I've got three albums out, whether they've been successful or not. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it'd be great to play a stadium, wouldn't it? I mean, my dream, my dream being sort of Newcastle Large, you know what I mean? It's to play St. James's Park. Yeah. Originally, it's like a centre forward, but fucking is a, is, is a musician. <laughs> That'll be all right as well. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I suppose that would be an aim. If I can, if I played St James's Park within the next ten years, then I'll fucking I'll die a happy lad. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Very nice. Well, Mike Ashley, if you're watching, you need to book this lad. Get out the fucking club if you're watching. Oh you yeah. Like, <laughs> <come> <laughs> on. yeah. If you're watching, fuck off out of the club. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to be fair, he's an absolute fucking despicable oh, person. Yeah. Mate, he's just fucking, he's run our club into the ground, man. We, drop, we look like we've got a good team this season. We've got a solid side. I mean, it was a great, it was a great result against against Everton the other day. Callum Wilson looks unbelievable. Alan St. Maximan, Ryan Freyd's having stuff. But imagine what we, I'm mean, fucking Newcastle, mate. I don't know if you've ever been to Newcastle, but the stadium's bang smack in the city centre. It's fifty-two and a half thousand people get into that stadium right in the middle of the city. It's a fucking beautiful city, Newcastle. It's an amazing place. And you've got everything going for that club, bar the owner. Do you know what I mean? If we had a good owner, and I say this fucking, and I mean, I'll probably get a lot of stick for this, but if we had the right owner, Newcastle in 10 years' time, don't hold us to this, could be a Champions League club, in my opinion. But def- I mean, do not hold me to that at all. Well, I mean, you got, do you know a, deep, you got an OK squad. It's not challenging. Oh, Harry, mate. Fucking hell, I- Harry. <laughs> but I found it actually interesting you called it St James's Park, which is what it is. But obviously, I think it's yeah. the Sports Director Arena, isn't it? Like officially, 
No, no, it's been changed, man. It's been it's changed. changed. It was back. a sports director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was mate. I was a fuck. It was like. It was like the revolution in Newcastle when he changed that sports director. You know, there was fucking the town was getting smashed up every day. Um, so he definitely made the right decision by changing it back to St James's Park. That's the name that's got to stay. But um, I mean, listen, mate, you're all right. What we say, we do have an okay squad, but we've got a couple of gems in that team as well. Do you know what I mean? And if we had an owner that was happy with investing, do you know what I mean? It's not like Mike Ashley's incapable of investing. He's fucking loaded. Do you know what I mean? But the problem is, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to because why should he waste 30, 40 million on a player that's going to score with 15, 20 goals when there's no sell-on value? Do you know mm. what I mean? He's not going to buy a 27, 28-year-old proven striker when he can buy a youngin that he can train up and then sell for more. Do you know what I mean? I was really shocked that we got Callum Wilson because I'd like to think that he's quite a proven striker in the Premier League and I didn't think that we would have spent 20 million on a player like that. Yeah. But fucking, I mean, credit where credit's due. I did take my hat off to Mike Ashley for that, but it's about the only decent thing he's done in the time that he's been at Newcastle. Mm. We need, um, I, I think we definitely need a new owner, someone that's going to invest. But who knows? Ten years' time, I've played St James's Park, got three albums out. Newcastle have won the league twice, and fucking Mike Ashley's lying in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you did actually spend forty million on a striker last summer. I mean. <laughs> I mean, fucking, how you can spend forty million on Joel Linton is just beyond me. Absolutely fucking beyond me. But it goes back to he's a young lad. Do you know what I mean? It's only in yeah, early yeah. twenties. There's no way in hell Mike actually would have paid forty million for Joel Linton if he was 27, 28 years of age. No way in hell. It's because he's a young and he thought if he has one good season, we can sell him on. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I don't think he'll ever have a good season. He's a fucking. I wouldn't even play him for the 23s, mate. He's fucking useless. But I'm sure he's a nice person. And if he likes my music, fucking... <laughs> well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, mate. Thank you for taking time out your day to join us. No worries, man. No worries. Thank you very much for having us on. Thank I apologise for I'm an hour late, but... <laughs> Don't worry about it. So you can find Andrew's links in the bio below. Make sure you check out his song produced by No. Where's My Family Gone? It's a... It's a peak. Yeah, it actually does sound quite similar to High Flying Bird. So if you're into that music, give it a listen and cheers for watching.